Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, I, Aaron and Kevin are sitting with a member of Saints Peter and Paul named Shane Kleiman. And we're talking about the authority of Jesus um, and his, his lordship over our lives and our desire to be obedient to the life he's given to us. Um, and as that shapes uh, our going and our discipling of other people. And Shane's been involved in this uh, kind of work and shares some stories. Um, and so, as always, we hope that you enjoy this conversation. Well, well, three's company. Hey, Shane. Cheers, guys. Hey, Great cheers. Shane yeah. Kleiman is here with us today. Thanks for climbing onto the couch oh, oh with me, Shane. <laughs> Even we're kicking it off early, boys. All, all that good content, and you've rolled that out. That was the wrong one. Uh, no, that was. <laughs> That's the one. Hey, you know, either. I kind of like the jazzy bird. <laughs> felt it really lifted the joke. Oh man. Well, if you're just yeah, if you're just listening, we've got a we've got a special guest on here today. And uh his name is Shane Kleiman. And Shane Shane's a member here at St. Peter and Paul, but I don't know. I mean, might as well get right into it, Shane. Yeah. When you uh we would just kind of introduce the folks to yourself. I mean how how did you get to this couch here today? I mean, we could probably fill up a half an hour with just that. <laughs> well, um, let's go two hours. Who cares? <laughs> so the rest of our guests, the Shane, the Shane climbing experience. Yeah. They, they couldn't handle any more of us. They they wanted to they wanted to hang up. So, but if you want to go multiple hours, we'll uh, we'll do it. Sure. So I came here. I uh, started at Michigan Tech back in August of 2010. So about 13 years or so. Um, did uh, the first, you know, orientation week at uh, Michigan Tech, how they do with all first years. Got invited to a Lutheran church by a sixth year I had met at a, I guess, just a Christian, you know, gathering and whatnot. And uh, walked into church, and uh, I've told Pastor Aaron this, that I believe the first song that I heard the praise team sing is Revelation song with both you and Abby, you oh. know, and whatnot. And just felt just the presence of God and just the vibrancy of this congregation just in that moment. And it's like, yep, I'm pretty sure I found my church home for my time at college. And uh, took a couple years to get uh, tied in with Concordia Student Ministries, but uh, ended up living in the house there for numerous years and uh, helping out with things here. Um, was just completely blessed to have a job offer here locally as I was graduating. Um Became a member and uh, have gotten tied into things like uh, Media Booth and now the Board of Directors. So, mm. Yep. I know. It's it's crazy. Uh, and you know, Kevin and I have talked about this a, a couple of times. Like, I mean, I've been here 12 years. You know what I mean? You, pretty much. You were basically here, I think, three months before, before. I showed up. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is crazy. I mean, yep. 12 years is a lot of life, Shane. Uh -huh. Exactly. <laughs> and, but, but Kevin and I said, because he's, you know, just been here. Uh, two and a half yeah just uh going on, you know coming up on three years but uh for him a lot of people that have been here three years three and a half years he's like wow these are these, you know these folks have been here forever stalwart <laughs> members and then he finds out they've only been here a couple months longer than him yeah. you know but you actually you're almost a founding member of the church shane at least in this location <laughs> that's true hey, that, that, hey. There you go. well and and uh, uh i the piece that stuck out to me, Shane, uh, and just the little blip there was uh, 
that kind of orientation event, right, mm-hmm. with Michigan Tech that got you yep. connected here. It's so great that they do that over there, like give a few options for yep. ki- for college students to get connected. I know they send a kind of a list of freshmen who have marked, hey, I come from this particular tradition, any churches in the area. But beyond that, listener, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Uh, there's actually an event, what's it called, around the town or something? Mm-hmm. Yep. Afternoon. Yep. Afternoon. Afternoon on the, the town. town. Yeah. And early into the, like, kind of before classes start even, mm-hmm. to get, um, especially new arrivals to the Houghton area familiar with, uh, well, the town and what goes on in it. And we have a booth since PMP for the last at least couple of years, I think. I think for, like, ever since we've been here. Ever, ever since, since I've been, been here. The last two years. <laughs> the last two years. Uh, That's the only time we've ever done it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a thing. So, But, man, man, I mean, the college, the college presence in our church is... Oh, yeah. Noticeable. Was it that way? I mean, this is just curious, like your memory. I know it's been 12 mm-hmm. years, Shane. Sure. But do you recall as many back in your day who were here who were like peers? I think so. I mean, ever, and this is way before my time, but I, I always hear about Pastor Paul and how, even though he was kind of an old school guy, he made it a point to uh, really reach out to college students. And ever since then, I've been under the impression that just the college student presence here at our church has been absolutely amazing. I got to live it as a student myself, and now every year that goes by, I gain more and more appreciation for it as now a member. So, yeah. yeah. Are you starting to are you starting to think that uh, like incoming college students look young? No, because I still relate with a college student. All right, so you're still you're still yeah. there. All right, yeah. yeah. All right. I remember my my first. My first couple of years being here, like with with your mm-hmm. class and all that kind of stuff, where it was like, man, I feel like I just got out of college. Like this is it's like really close, but mm-hmm. now I think, like, at least in my stage of life, like having four kids and all the stuff, I'm like, man, they, yeah, they're they're young. I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's just funny how your perspective on stuff changes. Mm-hmm. But what I, I don't know it, you know, you've been out of school for seven, six, years. six seven years. Yeah. Have you noticed any, because I mean, you said you still relate to college students and that kind of Uh stuff. And I mean, you've got some that volunteer with you in the media booth and all that kind of stuff. Are you noticing any like, like cultural shifts and things that are, that have changed drastically for like what it was like being a a Christian student on campus for you versus the way things are now? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Sure. I think. And again, I don't want to speak too broad, yeah, like yeah. overarching, but I do notice more of like this, um, I guess, to put a, a political term on it, just the, more a liberal stance of like exclu- or, um, inclusion of everybody and just, you know, being open about things that us as a church maybe are, you know, would call mm. sinful and whatnot. Mm. Um and then, I mean, not so much when I was a student, but I just, there was a little, you could even just sense a little bit of like down looking on Christians or people who placed still even just going to church on Sunday morning as a priority. Hmm. Um, so it's, I will say, you know, I've got, I've now through my connections in the media booth have gotten to go over to the student house for a student supper, even though there's alumni, which is a weird feeling, definitely. <laughs> but it's been so uplifting to step into that space, even just for that hour or two and say, and see, oh, there's still college students that place 
you know, a high priority on their faith. Because oftentimes, at least in my circles, I hear about how this country or just, you know, students or whatnot, universities are just turning away from God. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, you can just get so caught up in that negativity and all of a sudden think, nobody goes to church or, you know, I have no Christian connections, you know. Mm -hmm. When I step out into this world, you know, everybody's a non-christian and it's like that is that is not the case right in you know definitely well i I can't remember if we brought it up on on this podcast but they're the barna the barna group barna research Mm -hmm. group uh, that you know they're always releasing new studies and they're like they're always curious about the next generation and they i guess the the study that just came out is like the the college age high school generation right now um are very spiritually open. Mm-hmm. What I mean, what does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. uh, well, I think I, I think at least part of it is like we've seen some of the other ways in which humans have tried to find meaning and purpose in life mm-hmm. kind of fail. Right. Uh, so, like, yeah, you know, these I don't know, just different ways that people would look for life has not actually bringing life, mm-hmm. and so they're saying, well, maybe there's more to me than just material things yeah you know well i I just i mean i I think what the report is showing though too is that they're not they're not closed off to the conversation Mm -hmm. at least Mm -hmm. you know not just not not just exclusively christianity but just a general openness to to dialogue Mm -hmm. which i see as an opportunity Opportunity. absolutely most certainly like i mean because i'm also of the standpoint that if you if you put jesus and the Bible up against any of the other options that the world has ever come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, the scripture and is, is authoritative and Jesus is true and it's un, undeniable and it's got the best news mm-hmm. <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in comparison to any of them. Most All the other ones are going to paint you in a corner and make you feel poor and miserable and yep. Jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> grace and forgiveness and eternal life and salvation that's offered to all. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think like I think it's a great opportunity and and so like to your point though of saying uh, um not everybody or it's not that everybody's hostile it's not that everybody's a non-christian right and even if they are non-christians they they might not be hostile they might be mm-hmm. open to a conversation yeah. and are we ready for that though sure. mm-hmm. I think is the question mm-hmm. yeah so. And that's the other, yeah, like, again, you saying, you know, not to be, to, to kind of have that negativity or maybe a, a doomsday sort of approach to the world. The one, um, and maybe there's more than one, but at least one positive thing about Christianity falling out of the, let's say, the cultural norm for America is that, well, it kind of forces us to think more critically about it. It's not a it's not a given. Mm-hmm. So people do have questions which set which makes us have to go, oh shoot, yeah, what what does Jesus say? Sure. What what is my faith about? How do I talk about this? Mm-hmm. And I think for many of us, and, and you've alluded to this and created opportunities, for many of us that's a daunting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, present company included, uh, there's some experience in this room, um, and I probably varying degrees, you know, of sharing faith uh with people who do believe and are just trying to figure it, understand it better themselves sure. um, or people who are maybe outside or on the fringes of faith. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it's neat. It's neat that, uh, uh, that Aaron, you've started kind of this sort of DNA or, or at least you've expanded our, our sort of approach in 
uh, what we call discipleship and evangelism. Mm-hmm. So, uh, shameless plug uh, on behalf of Aaron. Uh, uh, when, is that this Thursday? Yeah, yeah, this Thursday, second Thursday, mm-hmm. second Thursday of every month, guys. Put it on your calendar, six o'clock. Oh, yeah. Don't be confused by the bulletin. It was six six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways. Um, so so I guess if you're hearing this uh, today, tomorrow, if you're free, uh, Thursday evening, um, uh, come on out to the church. Well, and Shane, you've been you've really been uh, taking those opportunities to be be discipled and to disciple others uh very seriously and i i mean i think you were you were even doing it as a college student maybe before you even knew what that was i think mm-hmm. it, you know i think it's kind of built into your into your dna to not only not only uh not only be a jesus follower at at church but um, you were always a, you were always an inviter. Mm-hmm. Um, you were always bringing, bringing people either to church or to, to events. And, and I think your goal was that they might meet Christians and yep. ultimately meet Jesus. So I think it's part of you, but um, how did, I mean, it's been a couple of years now that you've, you've kind of been involved in both being and discipling. Like, are you sure. willing to share what that, what that journey has been like? Sure. So um, I'd say throughout tw- you know, I mean, I feel this was kind of building up, but throughout 2019 and early 2020, um, just had, you know, not that I had fallen away from my faith at all, you know, by outward appearances, I was still very involved here at church and whatnot, um, but just had gotten so caught up in just worldly pursuits as far as like, I got to be this productive and have these relationships and um, just, you know, really created a lot of stress for myself in mm. thinking about that and definitely did not place God first in a lot of those pursuits um, and whatnot. So I just came to a point of kind of realizing this and then got to talking with you, having a conversation with you and you're like, Hey, so there's this thing I've been doing with, you know, this guy named Joe, and uh, he's looking for somebody to, you know, have faith-based conversations with. Are you open to, you know, to meeting with him? Because I think that it'd be a great opportunity to kind of reorient you, Shane, in your faith and whatnot. So yeah, I started meeting with Joe, and uh, yeah, it's amazing how... I don't know if this is every denomination, but sometimes I feel, you know, us as Lutherans, we go back to the basics at every service, just, mm. you know, mm. and for me, it's like, I need to be reminded of that stuff. Oh, good. So, That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So in that, so we worked through the convos study, Joe mm-hmm. and I, and I think I've heard you say it and I've even said it, it's like Christianity 101 and mm-hmm. it's like, hmm. Should a guy who's, you know, around 30 years old, who's been a lifelong Christian, need to do Christianity 101? (laughs) But yet it just spurred on so much great conversation. And uh, I've now been discipling two friends, um, working through Convos, and now moving into a study on Romans. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the amount of spiritual conversations that that has spurred on has been wonderful. Hmm. So. One, as I hear you too, Shane, and, and kind of watch you tell the story, I get the sense, but you'll have to, uh, well, you don't have to elaborate, but <laughs> you can at least correct me if I'm wrong, but I get the sense that, um, you know, it's it's funny, uh, like so much of our Christian, the, the, the me- mediocrity is not the right word, but like mundane, you know, um, we're just talking about conversations, like Christ- mm-hmm. faith conversations, right? Yep. And, and I think it'd be easy for a person to say, well, be kind of skeptical and be like, well, what's a big deal? Yeah, sure. you talked. And that changed your life. But what the sense I get from you, Shane, is you're, you are actually saying, look, I was at this 
place in my life. Here's how I experienced it. Here's how it felt. Um, and, and, and maybe and now I'm kind of putting words into the story, but like maybe I was feeling dry or like desert, you know, wasteland kind of thing. And then um, actually, yeah, somehow the power of the word, you might say, uh, has sort of re, well, reorient. You did mm-hmm. use the reorientation. So what's that? Like, how would you describe that reorientation? Like, like how would you describe life now through this? Um, maybe in contrast to what you were experiencing a few years back. Sure. So I, I might not answer your question directly. That's fine. But, I never uh, I never do either. <laughs> my, that's a pro tip if you want to be a pastor. No, perfect. Very uh, no, just keep talking. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Don't tell, don't answer their question. Just tell them what you want them to hear. That's right? right? Yeah. No, I just ask them ask them another question. Answer a question with a question. Yeah, there you go. Jesus style. So I feel personally, I sometimes struggle to just open up beyond superficial conversation and talk about just what's going on, like how I feel about what's going on in life or my impressions of things. And it just like use the word dry. And to me, you know, super kind of that baseline superficial conversation just was what it felt like, you know, was happening in my life. Mm. And uh, by... And you made the point of like, well, it's just conversation that, you know. What's the big deal? What's the big deal about just having the conversation and whatnot? And it's like, it's amazing how you can be talking about this life circumstance and it just completely changed the depth of it once you put a biblical perspective on it. Like, you know, whether it's formally opening up the Bible to find a verse that, you know, hey, this relates to this situation or just even just alluding to you know, as long as you know the the Bible well enough, alluding to a biblical principle, mm. and just how comforting, peace bringing mm. that is to reorient yourself in that situation, good or bad, mm. um, back to God's word. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the you know this whole process of like being a disciple and discipling others. We've talked about it on this podcast, and but I I think you know, there's, there's a shift that happens once we begin to lead others, once, once we begin to, to disciple others. I mean, I think, I think that's where a huge like faith life transformational thing happens uh, where, because you know, the, you talk to any good teacher and any good teacher tells you that they didn't really, they didn't really like uh, internalize their, their content until they had to teach it. Yep. When you're a student of something, you know, it might be interesting. You kind of go, okay, this is, you know, I like this information. But once you have to teach it to somebody else, then it starts to become real mm-hmm. because it's in you. You've got to explain it. You've got to answer questions. And so I, I don't know if that's been your case, but that's been that's been mine as I've intentionally discipled other people um, in, in like small groups. I mean, yes, we do kind of general discipleship as pastors when we're preaching to the crowds, but in the one-on-one context or, or small groups where there's just the real life question and find biblical answers and biblical application to these situations. That's where you go, Whoa, this is, mm-hmm. this is real. And it's, it's real for me. It's real for you. I'm watching, I'm watching my life change. I'm watching your life change. Like that's, it's incredible. And it, it's been, it's been so cool to watch, you know, what God's doing through you. Um, 
And I think like some of the coolest stuff too, and, and you've told me this is like the people that you're discipling, I don't even know them. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the multiplication side of uh, God's work yeah. and, and this great commission task to make disciples who make disciples. It's like all of a sudden I don't, I don't, I don't know my great, great grandkids or whatever, you know, but I, I mean, I've thought about that too. Like even in my biological family, mm-hmm. um, how I don't know the names of my great grandparents. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you do you guys, a couple of them. Yeah. No, I think I know. I think there was a Carl. <laughs> There's um, an Adolf on my side somewhere, but that's, I mean, and so you think about that where it's like, huh? All right. Well, I got here. I, I exist in this life because of those people. Um, so faith does the same thing, you know, as we plant the seeds of the gospel in other people's lives. And, uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you, that's me talking a lot, but <laughs> you pastored it up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just said <laughs> words. It's time for me to ask a cryptic question. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I don't know where to go off of his, so you better ask your cryptic question. Awkward silence <laughs> filled with the... Now you're ready. This is why we've upped our game here at uh, the Conversate <laughs> yeah. Podcast for moments like that. Now you know how it's, this is, uh, you're seeing how sausage is made, uh, folks. Uh, but no, one thing I did want to comment on as you were talking, Aaron, was just the connection to, if you're if you're hearing all this conversation, you're thinking, okay, well, three young guns in this room, This you guys are off on some crazy bender, ah. discipleship. <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. Um, <laughs> this isn't something like that we've come up with this isn't something new that the church is doing now it's actually like if you read the gospels you'll see wait a second jesus was also discipling large gatherings Mm -hmm. crowds congregations you might say but he also had a smaller cohort of 12 and even three peter james and john who he devoted more time with and was intentional with and when you look in the uh, the book of acts then like post uh jesus um, at least post his death and resurrection and ascension, you see that it's kind of the that those inner folks who Jesus was intentionally discipling, who then um, are the leaders of the Christian movement, and they're experiencing exactly what we're talking about it, this transformational kind of change mm-hmm. that comes from spending time with the Word, yeah. you know, who is Jesus, and um, and but. They continue it too. So then we also see the traces of this. And this is something, just so you know, like if you're like kind of like, all right, I was skeptical about this whole conversation thing. I'm still kind of skeptical about this discipleship thing. This is something for me. I'm I'm a seminary trained pastor, and it's something that is kind of new to me. And I don't know why that's the case. I think it's somewhat just a product of our Western Christianity. Mm -hmm. It became part of the predominant culture. And so we didn't, we just weren't as intentional about it. But things are shifting the sands are shifting beneath us and that's okay because it's creating opportunities and uh, what we're seeing is oh wow it turns out god can actually use calamity for uh cool purposes well i I mean i I just i don't know even but just looking at looking at history too i don't know that it's that people weren't intentional i mean i think Mm. i i think of like my 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 grandparents raised my parents in the faith you know uh, my mom went to a lutheran school and in church you know like it was very Mm. Very, it was very intentional, but I think the I think the culture um, supported it supported that kind of uh, intentionality in, in a Christian upbringing. So, mm. so I think we 
a lot of like Christians as adults maybe didn't necessarily have to worry about discipling other adults, maybe just mm-hmm. like raising their kids well yeah. because mm-hmm. the the culture was kind of supportive. So, don't you have a sense though that like it's somewhere along the way, even in the home, like even in the familial setting. Like some of the questions, because I feel like part of the discipleship and especially the evangelistic piece is you get these questions like, why? Why would I do that? Why would I go to church? Mm-hmm. You know, like, don't you feel like at some point that kind of broke down and like f- families maybe still came to church and attended church, but maybe like lost a little bit of the why? Probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, For like sure. it was kind of like they, mm-hmm. they kept up maybe behaviorally. And I'm not saying this is across the board. And like you're saying, you're you're absolutely right to point out. The last thing I want to suggest is that if <laughs> if if you haven't been involved in a something specifically called discipleship and evangelism, you've probably still been discipling people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like if you're a Christian in your walk, you have been discipling people. Definitely, I would say unintentionally, kind of like Shane. Sure, you know, in your walk, you know, as a as a, a Christian uh, in the early days of tech there, but maybe even more intentionally with kids, grandkids. Um, so it's not like the why has been lost across the board, but um, you know, like. If you're going to have to go before the Caesar and get like burned at the stake, you, you, you probably have a good sense of why you're doing this uh-huh. thing. Because <laughs> it's kind of like the stakes are high, you know? Mm-hmm. Was, it's, it's interesting because I was, I was thinking about your, your sermon, Kevin, from this last week, which is all about the authority of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, like Matthew chapter 8 and 9 in particular, we see Jesus just... It's like <laughs> miracles and miracles and casting out demons and boom, boom. And, you know, at the, at the, at the word of Jesus, uh, the centurion servant is healed. He doesn't even have to go touch him. But right before that, he's touched a leper. So sometimes he's touching the people. Sometimes That's he's right. just speaking it. Um but not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that's also setting up the context, I think, for for the next uh the next chapter where Jesus is uh I think it's in chapter 10. Did I read that? Uh, where Jesus is sending out yep. um, the, the, the disciples. Mm-hmm. And so they've now seen his authority. They've seen what he can do. And he says to them with his word of authority, now you go. All right. And he tells them like that they're going to be persecuted and, and beat up. But if you, you know, even when those times come, even if you're going to be killed for the faith and you've got to speak, don't worry what to speak because the spirit's going to, you know, speak on your behalf and all these things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting how Matthew structures this stuff though. To, I, I think it's intentional that, that um, because the way that Matthew has been structured so far with the beatitudes, we see what it's like to be a disciple of Jesus. This is what it's going to be like to follow after me, to, to, to love my word. And then we see in chapters eight and nine, he's going, this is what I'm capable of. And now in chapter 10, like, all right, now go. You guys go. All right. Um and so yeah, I mean Shane, we you know I I love just seeing what what God's been doing in your life, but like mm-hmm. when you think about that that concept of like the authority of Jesus and the authority of his word and like him being your lord, like Kevin asked in his sermon this last week, like is Jesus your lord? Um I mean, from my perspective, it seems like you would answer yes, of course. Um, but I guess, like, what is that? Um, has that been a any, any like any big shift in your life to like see the authority of Jesus to consider Him your Lord and and 
to actually like obey his word mm-hmm. <laughs> intentionally. Sure. So I've uh, just other res- Christian resources and whatnot have had me kind of studying or they've been very heavy on just the kind of the, the gravity or the weight or the, the breadth of our sinful condition and what it meant for Christ to go- take our sins on the cross and all of that. Because, you know, even though this wasn't the main point of your sermon on Sunday, I often feel, especially with the... Um, miracles of Jesus and just especially then tying faith to them, it definitely can trend a new Christian towards the thought of prosperity gospel Mm -hmm, topics mm -hmm. and whatnot. And it's like, no, it's not necessary. Like even I struggle with, you know, answering those types of questions in those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, you know, oh, if you just have a little bit more faith, you know, Jesus can speak the word and, you know, this person will be healed. Um, but I think it's more just thinking about the authority or the understanding, the internal just accepting or realizing of Jesus took my sins upon himself and died for those sins. And just the shame and guilt that that should release from a person who truly has that kind of just internal thought you know, on his on their mind um, and whatnot. So I would say, as far as authority goes, you know, especially tying it to those thoughts, those more than physical, mm-hmm. you know, life activities. It's like I think us as Christians need to realize that <clears throat> just the gravity of our sinful condition outweigh or the magnitude of that outweighs anything that's happening to us in this world. Hmm. Well, and I love, too, that you kind of allude to the authority of Jesus. Sometimes we might think of that in the sense of kind of like, yeah, if, I, if I'm if i exhibiting these behaviors in my life or doing this, I'm going against, you know, the authority mm-hmm. of Jesus. But it's also possible to undermine the authority of Jesus by thinking, I'm not forgiven. Mm-hmm. By thinking, oh, I'm too screwed up. Yeah. He couldn't have saved me. But no, like what you're saying is what Jesus has come to do and to prove by his death, you are absolutely forgiven. And I am the authority on that. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Trust my voice. Know that I have you. You know, like if I've gone this far for you, mm-hmm. well, you think this little calamity that's going on in your life is yeah. an evidence that I'm not sure. here for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and uh, I don't want to dive too far deep into the weeds, but this is, it's really important to also remember what Matthew is doing in his gospel and what the perspective that we need to have as Christian people is a, a view of life that is bigger than just this life mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And that Jesus is going to come back again mm-hmm. and that Jesus will ultimately one day forever give sight to the blind, give hearing to the deaf, make the the lepers clean, mm-hmm. <laughs> make the lame walk, raise the dead. Like mm-hmm. all of that will happen for all of eternity. And so like that's that's why Jesus does these miracles is to prove authority mm-hmm. over all these things. And and we have to be careful like you said of our biblical interpretation that that the interpretation is is not just Jesus calmed the storm so that he can calm the storms of your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes the, 
sometimes the storms don't really, I mean, they don't calm down immediately, even if no. we pray or even if we cry out. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is still our peace in the midst of the storm. Mm-hmm. And he's still our refuge in the midst of the storm. And so, and ultimately, ultimately, he will calm all the storms of life. Mm-hmm. And this momentary suffering will be like a blink of an eye, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I, I I mean, I don't know. Ho- hopefully that's a little bit Yeah. Helpful. Well, in, in the the <clears throat> way you took my mind in your comments, which rightly said too, is <clears throat> the moment we think, oh, if I, if I just pray a little harder, mm-hmm. if I trust a little more, then the things will happen. I'm not treating Jesus as the authority. I'm treating myself yeah. and my own faith yeah. as the authority, but it's not dependent on me. And I heard someone say this morning, and so I want to say it here because I think it's a common statement that gets made, which is, God will never give you anything more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. False. False. He will, I think, but he will never give you anything more than he can handle. And that's what you're saying. He is our peace. Well, that's just a storm. Not even what the Bible says. That's just a misquotation. Yeah, it's not a Bible verse. But yeah, but like a lot of people say that. So don't, if you think that, careful, because you'll say it and then you'll be in, you'll be in some hot stuff. Yeah. Um, so what's well, in First Corinthians and Paul says, um, God will not tempt you beyond what you are able. So mm. you'll, you'll not be tempted. And if you feel like you are, he'll even provide a way of escape for you. Yes. And he is that way. Right. Not you. Not, exactly. the, not the strength of your faith, but the strength of his deed. Yeah. Yeah. I am curious if we get, I'm going to go, I'm going to push it. We We're got a couple hours. Yeah, we got an hour and a half left. <laughs> no, because uh, just going back to Aaron, you kind of casted that whole notion of um, the authority of Jesus then lends itself to the authority of those he sends out, you know, on behalf. And I'm just curious, Shane, if you, I mean, go as deep or as wide or as shallow as you want, you know, maybe tickle the ears and get us curious. But have you, have you seen, so Jesus comes, he has this authority. It makes a splash to the disciples. They're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What kind of guy is this? Right. But then they go out and they, um, you know, disciple others. And then they experience that sort of transformation in others as well. Like, have you had that experience in your um, time doing this kind of discipleship stuff? Sure, sure. So, yeah, um, one of my friends who I'm discipling, um, he only came to faith in Christ two or three years ago. Um, I think had a Catholic upbringing, so had at least had heard biblical topics and whatnot. But, um, yeah, he came to faith in Christ, and then him and I were just sending letters back and forth, actually, and just the topic of faith came up. And uh, more and more, it just felt like the Spirit, you know, nudging me to at least offer disciple. you know, the, hey, you know, I through our church, we're doing this thing called discipleship, and we have these resources. Would you like to work through them with me? And uh, um, yeah, he was all about that. And initially in those conversations, you know, there was just misconceptions that he had about what the Bible stated about certain things and almost sort of like made me cringe type of thing Hmm. as far as that goes. And it's like, you know, I think that, you know, let's look at this verse or that verse and see what it says about this. And uh, just more and more in having those discussions, he's, you know, gaining a more fuller and complete understanding about who God is, or, you know, God's word mm-hmm. and whatnot and who God is and how we relate to him. And it's been wonderful to see that because, you know, I just in other conversations, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this as well, just 
people of varying faith, whether they're, you know, Christian, you know, on the scale of Christian maturity to even non-Christian, just have so many misconceptions about the Bible and mm. who God is. And it's like, no, here's the God, you know, like, mm. here's the gospel, at least as I read it, you know, and that kind of understanding. Um, so, yeah, it's just to have... To be able to work on that biblical understanding, to understand God's authority, oh, you know, through the gospel, um, yeah, has been great to see mm. um, in the people that I, the couple friends that I've been discipling. That's so cool. And what will be, I think, what will be neat for you then too, is to watch then as they, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully. Uh, begin then to disciple and evangelize other people and start coming to you with questions about how their life's being changed as they're uh, leading others. And that's, uh, that'll be, that'll be awesome to see. Most certainly. Yeah. Then I'll call you grandpa climbing. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time because <laughs> I, getting back to my time at tech, I'd been in, in school so long and at the, at the Concordia house that, uh, yes, I was called grandpa. Oh, no, no kidding. No, no, no kidding. No. I can yeah. picture, I just gray your beard out a little bit more in my mind and you kind of look like the, uh, my counselor who's like 90. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Well, Shane, man, it's been so good to have you here with us. What are you cheersing us with? A, yeah. a water bottle? Water bottle. Oh, look at that. A bowl of coffee. Boom. (laughs) Shane, thanks, man. Many blessings to you. My pleasure.